thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to a place of wellness and healing for both your body and mind. Get ready to live a happy, healthy, whole food life that totally rocks. You're listening to Shiny Healthy You, the straight-talking natural health show for busy women with your host and naturopath, Jules Galloway. Today's guest always had an idealistic streak and knew from an early age that she wanted to make the world a better place. She grew up living a typical Western lifestyle that included things like Pop-Tarts, microwave popcorn and synthetic beauty products. But when she brought her first child into the world, her mindset started to change. She began researching chemicals in both food and household and beauty products. She learned what they do to our health and what all those numbers meant on the labels and so the path began to eat whole foods, organic foods and pretty soon she ditched the processed junk forever. Fast forward to now and she's built a successful business and has a bit of a cult following on social media. She's become a trusted authority on whole foods and low-tox living. She has online courses that are perfect for you if you're just starting out. You will often see her around the trap speaking in seminars and very soon you'll be able to tune into her very own podcast. I'm so excited to have her here today. So please welcome to Shiny Healthy You, the wonderful Alex Stewart. Hi, Jules. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, hun. How are you? I'm really awesome. Thank you. <laughs> it's so lovely to have you here today, Alex. We met at ProBlogger about a year ago now, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a bit of a mecca there for lots of health and well-being bloggers. And um, yeah, it was just so lovely to meet another like-minded person who's doing big, big things out there in, in the you know low-tox and natural industry. Um, how did it all start out, Alex? How did you become so passionate about low-tox living? Well, I think it, it started out by being born the type of person I was born. It actually goes back that far. And I've always, funnily enough, uh, my name actually means protector of mankind. <laughs> you know, oh, if, wow. if you believe names and their meanings and things, but it's an old Greek um, origin name. And I was always big into justice growing up. I could tell when something wasn't quite right. I could tell when something was wrong. But in my um, early years and teenage years, that was very much focused on prejudice and world hunger. And I was obsessed with Bono and Geldof and all that kind of stuff going on. And those first crowdfunding campaigns to end hunger in Africa. And I, I was really into all that stuff. And then, of course, on day one of uni, joined Greenpeace. But what was interesting about that experience, absolutely no offence to anyone who works for Greenpeace, but 20 years ago at uni, that was it was a really angry place to be. Everyone was angry at the world. And that didn't sit right with me. I like making change in a positive way. And it was one of the first times I realised that, if I wanted to do things that helped our world in whatever way that ended up taking shape for me, um, it wasn't by being angry because you've got to live with that every day. And I just don't think that having anger in your heart is a great way to live. So um, couple that with chronic tonsillitis, being diagnosed with PCOS in my early 20s, um, going off the pill in my mid-20s, not having a period for two years, being told I could possibly have early onset menopause and prepare for the grim news that may ensue further testing. Um, I really felt that that was an unjust representation and that there must be a different um, 
solution to that problem. And it was pretty hippie 13 years ago to see a naturopath. <laughs> Funny because, you know, it <laughs> seems that everybody's got one now. But, um, but back then it was like, how do I find one? How do I find a non-doctor was pretty much my first question. <laughs> and it wasn't that I don't like doctors. I have a huge amount of respect for modern medicine and all the miracles that can be performed through modern medicine um, and the science that comes along with it. But I do feel that there's this huge group of both illnesses um, and people who just aren't getting the answers they need. And that was a real justice flag for me as well. So I found a naturopath and um, three weeks later had a period uh, after two years. And that was one of my first kind of like, whoa, that, that's, that's interesting. That, you know, that's it's literally three herbs and, um, and ditching gluten. Um, those were, that was my protocol from her. And then um, got a raging case of tonsillitis again, which by that time I was on the highest possible dose of Augmentin Fort. I oh, know, Amoxicillin Forte. I'll never forget it um, because I was on it so much. And, um, and I thought, well, this has to be sought out of wool as well. So I went back to her and she put me on a three-day fast of nothing but um, home-done chicken broth, uh, very well-cooked carrots and soaked brown rice into the soup. And I had that for three days and, t again, a couple of different herbs and the tonsillitis was gone. And I had literally just been on three different courses of antibiotics to try and kill this thing and she was able to help me do it naturally. So it was a huge alarm bell for me that there was a different way to um, not only heal certain um uh, situations in our health that we find ourselves in, but also to build a strong body from the inside out by what we eat. Now, I had just come out of the cosmetics industry and I was in hospitality at the time that I started seeing a naturopath, but something that stopped for me, um, which she was able to help me piece together, was migraines. Literally the day I left cosmetics, I didn't get migraines anymore. So I was, wow. I was starting to piece together all this stuff and then I started to learn um, really on hyperdrive th four years later. I had just sort of started to make a few natural changes and, you know, I was curious but it certainly wasn't my everything and the charity work or causal work that I would do was still very much in the humanitarian space. But um, I, would, I would then have a son, of course, and then when it came to feeding him solids uh, for the very first time, I was like, oh, my gosh, what is this crazy aisle with the bright lights and the squeezy packets and the, the plastic tubs and the jars and, the, and what is all this fruit doing in a savoury meal, for example? You know those like <laughs> baby um, food jars that have bolognese but 30% apple? And it's just like, do we really need to be putting sweet things into the savoury meals as well? Like it was, it was just my curiosity went on overdrive and I questioned everything and um, really just started to see, apply my own curiosity and logic to what I was seeing and um, started to question food a lot more, started to definitely eat organic. That was pretty much overnight. And we were quite um, tight on cash at that time that he was born. You know, we were a single income. We lived in quite an affluent area, but on a very small income. And that can really hurt you when the, you think about the rent and all that kind of stuff. But this was where my support network was. I wasn't going to move 
miles away when I needed my mom and my sister and everybody the most. I wanted to stay in this area. So what we did that year was we just made it work and we changed the way we ate and we changed the way we cooked. So we prepared a lot of food from scratch. Um, and uh, and then as it, as it sort of just unfolded that year, his first year of life, I basically became a, a doctor of chemistry <laughs> in, in learning to read um, cosmetic packets. And seven years ago, it is hard to believe, but seven years ago, no one was talking about this stuff. And, and it was really the, the cause for me starting a very tiny blog um, unrelated to the blog I currently have, but literally just writing things out to help anyone in my friendship circle. And that's kind of how a lot of this stuff starts. You know, it's a, a mix of realisation, a sense of justice, a sense of one's health improving by changing their lifestyle. And if you're someone who does have a really strong sense of justice like I do, um, and like so many of us do in um, in the area of health research, education, um and making trusted information available to people um, that isn't biased and isn't bought or paid for, uh, then you got to share it. Like you, I, I can't, I can't not do the work I do. It's not possible. It's not going to stop. It's just I don't even have a choice. It's part of my <laughs> being now. So it, that was kind of how it all came to be. I really love that and I, I love that it is tied in with that sense of justice, Alex, because it, it then becomes part of who you are and, and part of a, a crusade that's going to be lifelong, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I often joke um, just back to that notion of needing a lot of positivity in the face of the negativity um, or negative aspects of our world, let's say, when you're trying to change things. Um, I often joke and say it's it's kind of activism, but it's cakes too. <laughs> <laughs> Because I just really think, why should we feel depressed and sad and guilty and scared? And I mean, like that is not going to move anything forward in a positive way if we're paralysed by negative emotions. So, you know, it's delicious recipes. It's sustainability through the lens of coming together as a community and doing stuff. It's it's always got to be positive for me. Otherwise, there's there's just going to be too many steps back. And I think that guilt that a lot of people go through is huge. Uh, in a recent podcast, I spoke to Lisa Cordiff about this as well, that guilt that goes through your mind when you go, oh my God, like not only have I been doing this to myself, but the people around me. And I always approach everything from that that saying that, you know, when you know better, you do better and you can't look backwards. But Talk to me about how you got past those guilty feelings and, and what advice you would have for people right now who are, are really going through that in a big way when they find out what's in the products they've been feeding and, and using on their family. So um, I actually experienced it uh, more towards myself because my little guy was tiny and because his life started out with me thinking organic and thinking natural personal care. I was thinking more about myself and the fact that I had a hormone-related illness, PCOS, that I had had multiple rounds of antibiotics. I think I counted just based on the average of how many times I would get tonsillitis a year, around 50 or 60 rounds of antibiotics in my lifetime. So, yes, serious (laughs) gut obliteration um, going on there and huge amounts of painkillers in my 20s. So I would take 
mercindol day strength or night strength double dose. Um, I still remember that my gorgeous friend who ran the Clarence counter saying, why don't you come and take a nap in the, in the beauty room while the manager's <laughs> off to lunch? Like I remember that in David Jones Bondi. I'll never forget it. Um, and, and, you know, if you think about what paracetamol does to us, it completely depletes glutathione, which then in turn gives you a shonky liver that finds it really hard to detox. And then you cut to me getting a blood test and having a deleted liver enzyme. Now, I can't tell you what that looked like when I was a teen because I didn't do the test back then, but I can pretty much bet now that I know the basics of how a liver functions and what it needs to function and detoxify well, that, you know, maybe that enzyme was deleted in my lifetime. Who knows? Um, so I had a lot of guilt towards myself, um, but I, I just didn't let it last long. You know, there's a difference between learning the information and having a couple of days of freak out, I reckon that's actually everybody's right to have a bit of a freak yeah. out because this is freaking huge, right? You know, and I take people through, especially my low-tox e-course where we learn about hormone disruptive chemicals and we learn how to spot them on packaging. And I mean, when people learn this information, realize, oh my gosh, everything in my personal care is toxic, you know, then yes, have the freak out, be, feel the guilt because if you are wise about how long you let yourself feel those things for, they will actually propel you and put the fire in your belly to make the changes you need to make. So I think it's almost important to actually wallow in them for a, at least a day or two when you're first learning stuff because they are what are going to propel you for change. You know, you're going to feel that dissatisfaction. You're going to feel a bit angry. You're going to feel a bit guilty. But just don't let the fear creep in. That's the most I'm important one because that will actually stop you from making changes and that's what we don't want. So feel it, own it, go, oh, my gosh, how could I not have known this? And then start doing something about it um, because, uh, yeah, inaction is what we absolutely don't want. But sometimes those negative feelings can be the springboard for change. So I, I'm not 100% against anyone feeling guilty, but I'm certainly about helping us move along from it quickly, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. And I love, it, it's so you, Alex, that you've found a way to put a positive spin on, on what we would perceive to be such a negative emotion and, and say, actually, you need to feel that, that negative emotion, but then you use it to propel you forward so that you don't get that paralysis that comes with the overwhelm. Yes, exactly. We don't want the fear. We don't want the overwhelm. We want to own the fact that we've learned something really shit and then we want to propel ourselves forward to say, I'm an intelligent human being. I will do the best I can with what I've got right now to move forward, but I will move forward. And that doesn't need to be changing everything in a week. In fact, you would probably create more stress and cortisol in your life than you yeah. need if you tried to do things too quickly. But just being super happy about the fact that you're moving forward, you know, start channeling those strong feelings into the positivity for sure. Yep. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. <laughs> this is why I've got you on the show. Yay. Now, now, Alex, there's a whole raft of long, unpronounceable names, crazy numbers out there that I know we should be avoiding, but it's really hard to avoid them all, especially when we're just starting out. Now, I know that it's important to prioritise and break this, you know, down into stages. Mm -hmm. So... 
If we were going to make a shit list, mm. what would be the nastiest chemicals that you think we need to prioritise when we start to cut things out? Which chemicals are right at the top there? Okay, so right up the top there for me are the hormone disruptors. Our endocrine system um, is very, very sensitive and it doesn't take much to set it off. So if we can minimise hormone disruptors in our products, um, then we're just doing the hugest, most fantastic job at lowering our daily toxic load. The problem is, however, this is where people can freak out. I always tackle this right at the start of my e-course, um, is that something like a phthalate, P-H-T-H-A-L-A-T-E-S, phthalates, um, is in many, many, many things. So it's in our cleaning products, it's in our um, personal care products, it's in our shampoo, it's in our nail polish, it's in so many things because what a phthalate is, is it's a sticky um, compound that helps uh, synthetic fragrances last. It helps, you know how you can kind of give someone a hug at the gym, go, oh, hey, you know, how are you doing? And you honestly, you've had a shower after class, you've done everything, but you can still smell that perfume or aftershave oh, oh on you. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes. Or, you know what? When my mum-in-law comes over, she gives my dogs a hug mm -hmm. and sometimes she's got a key to my house and sometimes she comes over and might drop something off or whatever. And I can tell when she's been here because when I come home and greet the dogs, I'm like, I can smell Granny's perfume on you. <laughs> yes. So this is the role of the phthalate, to make things everlasting. Problem with phthalates is, is that they are um, they accumulate in us because, quite frankly, the amount that we're exposed to, certainly for people in the city who are frequenting shopping centres or public toilets where they have the automatic or the cab drivers who've got it in their car, you know, it's everywhere. Um, you can not detox uh, as much as you need to every day to get it out of your system. The great news about phthalates is as you start to remove all of these synthetic smells, the air fresheners, the um, fabric softener and things like that, um, the scented candles out of your home, um, you actually are able to detox from phthalates. It's one of the fastest chemicals to leave your body. So it's a really positive um, thing to just at least remove them from your home environment. Look, we can't change what's happening out there. We can sure as heck try over time to create more and more awareness, but I'm a big fan of just being really excited about changing what you can at home, stuff that you do have control over, and then going with the flow when it's out of control, out of your control. Um, so phthalates are probably number one um, within the hormone disruptors, and that's just getting out those nasty, nasty fake smells from your house. Um, number two would be um, SLS, but not from, say, your uh, washing powder or laundry or dishwashing detergent um, in your uh, dishwasher, because SLS, as long as it's not unsustainable palm oil, obviously, that's we don't want to use that, um, and we certainly don't want to use a petrol, petroleum-based SLS, but if it's, say, a coconut-based or a sustainable palm, um, there's two companies that do incredible work producing farms um, that harvest palm oil. Uh, those two are EcoStore and Dr. Bronner. Um, they've really changed the face of 
um, possibility when it comes to palm oil for rehabilitating communities that are devastated um, economically. Uh, and no orangutans in sight. Don't freak out out there, people, if you're hearing this and think, but what about the orangutans? They're, they're not even there. These are newly built palm farms that are specifically um, for harvesting for cosmetic and, and um, cleaning products. Um, so there are a couple of companies doing that well. But the SLS that is in your um, personal care is has got to get out because SLS is not supposed to be in a personal care product. It's not supposed to go on our skin. It makes our skin extremely irritable um, and can cause all sorts of things like eczema, hives, dermatitis, especially in little people um, or um, adults that already have perhaps an underlying gut issue and their skin's much more susceptible to being set off by chemicals, then you want to get your SLS out of your personal care. So check your shampoo, um, check your uh, face creams, check your cleansers. It's mainly going to be in things that foam up. Toothpaste, a lot of um, mainstream toothpaste have it, and just start to wash, uh, get rid of those. Um, so those would be my, my main ones that you should just start working on now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, I also know that you're on a massive crusade against plastics, aren't you? Mm. Tell me about that. A hundred percent. And look, again, there's a good way to do plastics. There's a not so good way to do plastics. Obviously, in terms of our contact with food, whether you're freezing, whether you're heating, whether you're keeping in the pantry, any long-term plastic um, storage is going to somehow penetrate your food there is leaching that occurs. And that's something I've spoken to two PhD um, professors about uh, in my e-course and I reference it very often in um, the literature that I provide. So it's really important to move back to the old school granny enamel, ceramic um, and glass in terms of um, food storage. Um, And then, you know, if you need a lightweight solution for out and about, you've got beautiful stainless steel options now as well. And there are often plastic lids, like say with a Pyrex range, you've got the, the dark blue plastic lids there. Um, that's fine as long as it's not t- touching the food. It's really important yep. that it's not touching the food. Uh, I'm and, glad because that's what I've got. <laughs> yay. Uh, and they're just fantastic, those flat rectangular ones for stacking in the freezer and batching up meals um, because you can then just chuck it out on the counter a few hours before you're going to put it in the oven so that it's not super cold going into a hot oven because that would cause weakening of the glass. You never want extreme temperatures. A lot of people um, make that mistake or like putting – their um, beautiful homemade stocks in jars and then filling up that jar too um, high and putting it in the freezer when it hasn't cooled down yet. Um, And that is what causes glass to crack in the freezer. So you don't want to fill it up too high. You want to leave a good inch off the top of your jars that you might be filling with soups or liquids like stocks. Um, And then in terms of personal care, it's really just about um, making sure that you're aware that you can recycle a lot of the tubes and tubs that you might buy that have plastic in them. And over time to start exploring perhaps some plastic free options or um, asking companies whether the plastics they use for their packaging are post-consumer plastic. Um, I know Dr. Bronner makes use of all the plastic that it receives its supplies in, recycles it, and that's what the Dr. Bronner range is actually then packaged in. This is all post-consumer um, uh, PET plastic. 
and which can then be recycled again, which is just amazing. So there are smart ways to turn the plastics that we already have in the world into useful items. And even like in your pantry, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, you know, what am I going to do with all this um, Tupperware or whatever brand they've got um, that they used to keep in their pantry? And you can either sell it, it gets a great resale price for someone who's not on the journey, just as an aside <laughs> there on those um, swap and sell type groups on Facebook. But also you can um, start doing things like give it to the person who keeps a shed so that they can put screws and nails and all sorts of things like that in it and organize it or kids craft you can put you know things like just inert things that you're not going to be eating yeah. basically or lego or lego oh my gosh hello it's brilliant, <laughs> brilliant for sorting out little ninjago figurines <laughs> yeah Tupperware, yeah. the stylish way to store lego figures. yeah exactly <laughs> Alex, it can be so overwhelming once you realise how much has to change. What are some simple switches that, you know, if someone was going down to do their weekly shop at the supermarket this week, what are some really maybe three simple switches that they could do right now? Okay, so if you shop at a supermarket, I'll give you three. Um, uh, because, you know, sometimes it's the reality of living in a town and there isn't a lot of options and you do need to use a supermarket and that's cool. I just think nothing's black or white and we've all got to do the best we can with the resources that we have. Um, certainly in uh, the area of washing um, your clothes, you would just stop buying the fabric softener. That alone is going to bring your indoor air pollution down by an average of 80%. No joke. Oh, my God. No joke. There's extremely um, hardcore uh, lung irritants in fabric softener um, quaternium compounds as well as those phthalates, the synthetic fragrance. Um, so just by stopping to buy that alone, you are lowering your toxic load dramatically inside the house, which is awesome. Kicking goals. Second tip would be um, if you're someone who does a lot of casseroles and slow cook stuff, then you're probably buying tin tomatoes. Um, there's two issues there. One is if it doesn't have the BPA lining, it's got the aluminium can raw and aluminium leaches into tomatoes. And aluminium is not something we want accumulating in our bodies. So swap today from buying tinned tomatoes to a glass jar of tomato passata. That's one of the easiest swaps because, you know, having a few... Um, jars of passata in the house means you've always got some sort of nice casserole you know an onion some meat and some veg away and it's a really great um, pantry staple and you can just tell by how many different tin tomatoes there are in a supermarket um, aisle how many families are using these so swap it today and start using glass jars of passata yes it's smooth so if you want the chunks just add a couple of fresh tomatoes fine chopped to the mix and you'll still get those that chunky vibe that's a great idea. Mm. Um, and then my third one, what would I give? What's another one that I would give? I'd, I guess it'd be the, the body lotion. If you're buying a supermarket body lotion, um, the body is obviously the biggest surface area of our skin that exists. So that would be my number one personal care product to swap from today because obviously our skin is our biggest organ and it's drinking. It drinks whatever we give it to drink. So that's got to change today as my third hot tip. And, you know, if all you can afford is 
to just use the olive oil on yourself as well, as well as your cooking, then great. It's going to be so much better than that cocktail of hormone altering chemicals and synthetic everything. And, um, oh, it's just going to be so much better. And, you know, just invest in a couple of essential oils. You can add a little drop or two here or there. Um, to a simple thing like olive oil or coconut oil and use that on your body. Now, coconut oil is comedogenic. It's pore clogging, so I wouldn't use that on your face. Um, as someone who used to be in the beauty industry, that, that much I learned, and I saw all these blogs that said, yeah, just put coconut oil everywhere. And I totally <laughs> agree with it for um, as a makeup remover because your eyes don't really have pores that you need to worry about. It's a great waterproof makeup remover, um, low budget, but... Um, but keep the coconut oil as a body product more than a face product. Um, and as I said, olive oil is great as well. I've got a couple of recipes we can pop in your show notes, Jules. Um, awesome. To maybe do a coffee body scrub, which takes literally 40 seconds. Cheapest thing ever because you just pick up the coffee grounds from your local cafe and um, add a couple of things. Look, there's just so much you can do. But Look after that body, the scrub and the moisturiser. Look after your um, indoor air pollution by ditching that fabric softener and look after your um, tomato sauce um, so that you reduce greatly either the BPA exposure or the aluminium exposure. Both are great to be getting rid of. And you know my husband's got a cold brew coffee business, so I'll be going and nicking his coffee grounds oh, once hello. your recipe's in the show notes. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Absolutely. We have plenty. He's putting them on the garden as compost. And oh, we, good. We don't even know what to do with them all. So there you go. Coffee scrub for everyone for Christmas. <laughs> um, Alex, a lot of people say that Lotox is more expensive. Now, I know that you found ways around this and it's, it's part of what you do in your course. How do we make it budget-friendly? Exactly how I just said. I mean, by swapping from a $15 mainstream supermarket aisle moisturiser to using olive oil on your body with a couple of drops of essential oil, I mean, that, um, it doesn't get cheaper than that. Uh, by not buying fabric softener anymore, you've actually minimised your budget as well by um, starting to shop from trusted sources. And again, I'll put a couple of um, places that I recommend in the show notes. Uh, you will very quickly see that you have brands like Walida, um, who are an incredible sustainable beacon of how a business should be run, um, that have many, many products, most products, in fact, in their range under $25. And if you look at the mainstream, I look at that last mainstream moisturizer I was using in my extreme budget um, newborn moment when we were on a single income, and that thing was $25 at Priceline. So quite often it's just a mental block that we think natural stuff is going to be more expensive, but you it's not. It's actually just not. And if you really go on the low-tox journey properly, what you'll find is um, that you actually start buying less and so you can therefore start buying better. We don't need 10 eyeshadows. Who told us we needed 10 eyeshadows? I barely even wear eyeshadow anymore, but I've got <laughs> two shades of very different styles just in case I, the mood hits and, you know, I don't have 15 anymore. So, it like, Often, um, unfortunately, when we move to organic food or when we move to low-tox products, 
the mistake we can sometimes make is that we have to swap every single item that we currently have for the natural or organic equivalent. And sure, if you did that, yeah, you'd probably find it was more expensive. But my challenge to you is, is to stop listening to all the voices that tell you you have to buy everything and just start simplifying your routine. You don't need a day, a night, an eye, a mask. You know, I was in the beauty industry and I know we created problems that didn't exist so that we had products to sell to people, you know? So that's what marketing is. That's what product creation is. So, you know, just use a fragrance-free moisturizer and then you can use that on your eyes as well. So you don't need the separate eye cream. There's many, many things you can start to sort of realize as you travel along the journey. But those would just be my suggestions to you is to challenge you to A, think about what you actually don't really use or need and then just don't replace it. I mean, who needs fabric softener, really? Who needs it? Just add, if you really want super soft clothes, my favorite trick is to buy a huge bottle of the white Cornwall's vinegar because that's a distillate from grain, not an acetic acid, which is a petroleum derived most often. So there is vinegar and vinegar as well that probably freaked a whole bunch of people out. But Oh my God, you've just freaked out me. <laughs> so Cornwall's is the brand yeah. you buy, but it's like two bucks a litre. It's not expensive. And you just chuck half a cup of that in your wash and that will help. Um, soften clothes as well and then if you really really want fragrance just invest in a few essential oils if you don't want to get one of the um, premium um, 100% pure essential oils there's some great supermarket versions that are perfect if you're just fragrancing your clothes just tuck a teaspoon in a tissue and chuck that um, as in a hanky so it doesn't disintegrate and or a tea <laughs> towel even and chuck that in with your drying load and then you probably perfume your house at the same time for free, practically, without having to buy a scented candle. You know, so you just kind of start, and then it becomes like the KonMari method of actually decluttering accidentally because you realise you just don't need so much stuff. Yeah, that's amazing. I'm all for decluttering. I think we have way too much unnecessary stuff, and you're right. A lot of it stems from advertising telling us. That, like they create a problem and then they tell us that we need this product. A hundred percent. My favorite example, and I've become one of those grumpy old people, which if I, <laughs> if I ever am in front of commercial television and there happens <laughs> to be a series of ads on, um, I saw one last year that was, you know, this beautiful home and then it cuts to the kids and then it cuts to the mum being upset that they've all come in from sport and they're a bit smelly or whatever. I mean, hello, nature, like how great it was that they were playing sport. Um, <laughs> never mind that. But, um, of course, we have to get rid of these um, uh, smells. And so this company, I, I, I actually can't remember what it was called. I probably blacked it out, has, <laughs> has proposed a fresh air system which hangs on your wall and intermittently sprays this fragrance, which, of course, is synthetic. And I was like, pretty sure the last time I checked, uh, you just uh, the fresh air system is actually just opening a window, and and this <laughs> no no you can't do that that's free yes exactly right so creating a problem that only a product can fix become a watchdog for this stuff it is hilarious how prevalent it is out there on the back of a bus on a radio ad on television on everywhere they can find us in pop-ups on the internet they're trying to follow us everywhere to make us buy stuff and um you know just get a mate who's hip with it to 
to block all the ads on the internet as well because we spend a lot of time on screens these days and that alone will help just start to eliminate these constant messages we get to buy things that we just don't need. Oh, so true, so it's, true. Alex, it's just, yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. Mm, it's one of my favourite side effects to the low-tox journey, you know. You, you think, oh, I'm just going to swap all my products to natural ones, but so much more happens along the way. It's such a rich, empowering journey to actually just realising our role in the world, to be responsible about our health, about the planet's health, about our communities, and it's just beautiful. I love it. I love it. You're creating a little tribe of low-tox watchdogs. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We are not to be reckoned with. (laughs) Alex, I could talk to you all day, but we do have to wrap it up. Um, But before that, I'd just like you to let everybody know uh, you have an online program. So please, actually, you've got more than one online program. So can you tell our listeners about that and also how they can find you? Yes. So um, I have three online programs um, because the low-tox life for me isn't just about changing your products. It's about the food we eat, the food system, you know, what's going on there and how it's impacting, our, again, our health, planet's health. And it's also about the next generation um, and raising kids who are thriving and being the best they can be so that we perpetuate health instead of um, disease. And so the three e-courses are, um, as I just mentioned there about kids, Thrive, Raising Kids Who Love Real Food, and that's a beautiful course that I co-authored and run with Brenda Janchek. Um, And then there's my Real Food Rockstars e-course. So if you're someone who is curious about making better food choices and really wanting to learn the nerdier side of food systems, sustainability, um, how different foods interact with different types of people, it's not a course that tells you what to eat. It's a course that um, teaches us to work all explore what eating the best for us might look like, um, as well as a really great preventative span of all the major modern illnesses and um, interviews with naturopaths and doctors uh, and PhDs about how to strategically um, increase our chances of not getting those um, modern day diseases. And then, um, and yeah, it's just a really beautiful community of, of people in that little Facebook group as well. So there's Real Food Rockstars. You can take that anytime um, and do it yourself. And then Low Tox, which I run uh, twice a year. The next one will be in October, which, let's face it, is probably just around the corner with how fast this year's going. <laughs> I'm currently running uh, one round now. Um, but what's great about all of these is you can actually just register your interest so you don't miss out on hearing about Thrive or um, Go Low Tox the next time they're on. So you just pop onto my main website screen, which is www.lowtoxlife.com and about two-thirds of the way down you'll see the three e-courses and you just click on um, Go Low Tox and or Thrive whichever one you're interested in and pop your name down for the next round because even though you might be making some changes between now just having listened to today and October people who have been on this journey for years do the brand owners of Low Tox companies uh, do the course and just realize how much we still have left to learn and I am always updating that course with everything I continue to learn so it's it's a pretty amazing um, um, thing to just be a part of all the like minds and the energy that comes with seeing a couple of hundred people doing it together it's just yeah I just love it so I'd love for people to join me on that one 
Um, yeah, so that's that's about it. So there's the blog, the website, all at lowtoxlife.com. And if you're a bit of an Instagram fan, I'm Alex with two X's underscore Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T. Um, and I'm there and on Periscope as well. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. Alex, I, I'm so, so grateful that you've joined us today. And we haven't even touched upon the fact that you are an awesome cook and you have amazing recipes and, and whole food wisdom. So might have to get you back sometime and we'll just talk about food, which is my other favorite topic. Yay, I'm um, up for it. Great. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you so, so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, Jules. See you soon. Okay. Bye. Woohoo. How awesome was that interview with Alex? Now, are you ready to take action towards a chemical-free home? What are you going to do first? Jump online and let me know at Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jules Galloway Health and let's keep the conversation going over there. Also, if you'd like some kick-ass paleo-friendly recipes, remember to grab my free ebook, Shiny Healthy Whole Foods, over at JulesGalloway.com now. Just look for the pink header up the top of the page that says get your free ebook. It's that simple. Now, if you've liked what you've heard, please consider leaving a five-star rating on iTunes and make sure you subscribe because we have some awesome episodes coming your way soon with everyone from a paleo recipe queen to a chiropractor, a couple of additive-free mums and so much more. Woohoo! Till next time, look after yourself and bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.